Thanks for joining us in the Robinette's Nest with Chuck and Christy Robinette, where we discuss the empty nest and beyond. Hi, this is Christy. And this is Chuck. And this is the Robinette's Nest. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. It has been another exciting week in the Robinette household. Of course. And, you know, it's remnants of 2020 that's oozing into 2021, where we are turning turning into geriatric talk with it the seems Robinettes. Like it. seems like I know people are tired of hearing about it. So, what, what was your big excitement? <laughs> well, let's see. I know people are tired of hearing about it, but... Here we go. <laughs> uh, with my multiple myeloma situation, which is supposedly quote unquote cured, I had to take more and more chemo. And with that, I guess, at least that's the reason I'm given, my heartbeat was going fast and I had a flutter in it, right? You were a flutter. I was a flutter. You were a flutter. So. They put me on some medicine and they had me taking these pills twice a day. And when they took my EKG and it was still going and still pretty fast. Into a flutter. Into a flutter. They gave me three of those pills a day. Well, it still didn't take care of it. So. They were going to switch you to new pills. Yeah. And they decided that it was urgent enough to do a cardiac ablation. Yeah, whatever that is. Exactly what you had done. I know. So. I had a fit because February 1st is his 100 days. Right. He Chuck isn't even allowed to use a razor. He can't cut himself because his platelets and all of that right. aren't necessarily what a typical, uh, you know, level would be. Right. They're afraid that if I cut myself. You'll bleed to death. Which is not going to happen, but yeah, that's what their fear is because I don't have enough. Well, I have no immune system for the most part. Right. My I don't have enough red blood cells. I don't have enough white blood cells because of the stem cell. Everything's regenerating and building up. So like that's why I get a hundred days. I'm supposed to be. That's the magic number. More or less on lockdown until then. So the doctor said he has to have this ablation done. So I'm having a fit going well, why can't we wait until after that 100 days? Well, apparently it was urgent enough where if you don't get it done, you could have a heart attack or a stroke and die. Right. So we don't want you to have a stroke. No, after we don't all I went through last year, talk. I don't need a stroke. Right. right. No. So we're like, they know what they're doing, right? Uh -huh. like they're just not going to do this for willy-nilly reasons. And I told them I'd rather not put a Band-Aid on it, just fix the damn thing. So, so Monday at Monday at 6 a.m., well, actually, we were there before yeah, 6 a.m. a quarter to We're down at the Heart Center and at a Harper Hospital, downtown Detroit, and went in there, did my little paperwork, and they more or less kind of prepped me up, shaved me, and did all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> and they told have a lot of hair. And anyway. they no, I don't really at all. And they <laughs> told me at body, the time, the <laughs> at the time, I had one doctor said. They're going to go through your groin with like catheters and the veins, arteries, whatever. I didn't really want to know anyway. So, you know, just do it, get it over with. My dad had had 
stents put in for his heart, and that's how they do stents. So I was familiar with this. Well, then the second doctor said, oh, they just go through your leg. Well, they do, but it's still a groin. So yeah. I, I, I kind of knew that, and I kind of didn't know that. So we go there, and after about two or three hours at least waiting to, to get yeah. back to it, at least three hours. And I don't know this at the time. So because of COVID, I'm not allowed to go back with him. He right. had to have a COVID test when he got in. Yep. So that's what took several hours. So we hours. had to wait. You know, I stuck the thing up my nose, gave me the COVID test. Obviously, I'm negative. But it took probably two hours at least so to I'm get the results. So I'm in the regular hallway uh, of the hospital, of the waiting room. It's freezing, yep. by the way. Just letting you know. It's blasting every news station of all this doom and gloom. <laughs> not fun. I didn't bring my laptop because I, we were told it was only going to take a few hours. Yeah. We told, Oh, an hour and a half, couple hours. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, they lie. Oh, that's just silly talk. Right. So I had no idea. So the nurse came out at like seven 45 said we just prepped him to go back. And you're saying that wasn't the case. Yeah, that was that was not the case. You went back, what, around 10? That seemed like it was about 10. I think it was like 10. You don't really know. I don't know. There's no clock there. <laughs> but I just remember them saying certain things like, oh, it's 845. Oh, it's 915. Or just to each other, like going by, passing yeah. through while I'm in this stupid room. So it's forever. It's taking forever. And it's about 2.30 by this time p.m., mm -hmm. And the doctor comes down the hallway and says, Mrs. Robinette, and I stand up and he's looking grim, <laughs> like completely grim. My heart stopped and he's like, there was a situation. Well, first of all, before we get to that we situation, to that let's go to what happened. So they finally wheeled me back there and they're telling me anesthesia, twilight. They're telling me, we don't know. My nurse is going to give you something. We don't know. They want to know my height, my weight, so they could figure all that stuff out. And I was what do told. You mean they don't know? I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what they're going to do. I think if they had to spin the wheel and find out what they <laughs> want to do to put me under. Hit me in the know. head with a hammer. I don't know. We were told it was twilight. Like when you have a colonoscopy or an endoscope, you go onto a twilight. But they weren't going to put anything like no oxygen, nothing over my face, no gas. No, I guess they're going through the IV. They said a nurse was going to do it. So confused. So anyway, so I'm doing that. They're doing what they're doing. They're going through with whatever, doing the whole procedure. Of course, I'm out of it. But yet I can kind of hear things. And I start coming out of this twilight. And I'm in pain. No, back up. You go, you told me you went into the operating room and you were completely coherent. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought you were going to give me something. Oh, yeah, I did say that. And I guess they said, I, I don't know what they did, how they did it. I had my eyes closed. They didn't have you like countdown or anything? No, there was nothing like that. And I've been put under before more times than I want to count. And they've always done stuff like that. But I next thing I know, I'm asleep, I guess, or whatever. And they're doing the procedure. And then I wake up in the middle in a grog in the middle of it. And I am hearing bleeding. I'm hearing uh, this. I'm hearing that. And uh, I kind of look and there's two people. And I don't know who they were. It must have been doctors, surgeons, whatever. They were surgeons. They're both like standing or laying, pressing down on both my thighs and my groin. And it hurts. And 
they're panicking and I can uh. tell that I don't know what's going on. And they say, we need to get compression bandages on them. Uh. Like stat. And then I heard one of the guys say, I'm going to stitch this one. And I could, and I'm thinking WTF and son of a, Oh. So I feel I can feel you think them. You said that sewing. out loud. I think I said it out loud. I, I was out of it, but I'm pretty sure I said it out loud. I could feel and them. You didn't sewing. say WTF. No, no. I was thinking that, but I said, "Son of a." Yeah. So I could feel them sewing the one spot, doing whatever, oh. and it hurts. And I'm like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And I don't really remember much after that. I don't know if I went back out. What happened? I guess I woke up or I could. Do you remember me in the recovery room? Yes, I do remember that. I was kind of like, I was in room seven. I knew that. Yep. And I never <laughs> saw the doctor before that was doing the procedure. I never even talked to him. He was supposed to come talk to me. I'm so upset. He never came so talk much. to me. I don't even know who was doing anything to me. I'm so, I am so, you don't even understand the, the mama bear in me. <laughs> and I actually, that's the shirt that I wore to, yeah, to the sweatshirt the that I wore to, the hospital is I was so, so this is going on. It's taken forever. So say you went in at 10, 11, 12, one, two. So it has taken four and a half hours. Yeah. Thereabouts. It really, they told me it took seven. So whatever. Well, maybe by the time we got there, but regardless, so yeah. we, so the doctor comes out he's very grim looking and he sat, and this is like a quote. I am not, thank goodness. I'm not queasy. He's like, um, there was a problem. We don't know what happened. And he started gushing blood out of both legs and we couldn't control it. And we had to call in an open heart, um, an open heart surgical team to make sure that we didn't nick an artery or that we were going to have to. So he leaves me hanging with that. Like <laughs> I know nothing else. All I'm like, there's blood, right? He's like, we are trying to control the blood and we're not allowed to let anybody go back there, but I think you need to see him. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's having me come say my goodbye to you. <laughs> Farewell. Like what is, so he rushes me back there and he's walking super fast and he's like, here, he's here in five. And that's where you originally were supposed oh, to five. be. Okay. And then he's like, no, you're in seven. seven. Okay. And I said, oh, he's in lucky seven. And you go, not so lucky. <laughs> he yells out the hallway. Oh, and I'm in pain. So he's, oh, so the doctor also said, so we have to admit him. We've talked it over with him. He understands and he's in agreement that he needs to, that he should stay. And I could let him go home, but I don't think it's a good idea. And he's in agreement. And I'm thinking, was he talking to my husband? They never, I'm still trying to get over my stem cell, my 20 days being downtown yeah. with a stem cell. The last thing I want to do is spend the night in the hospital. So that was never discussed with me. And next thing I know, they're saying they're going to admit me because I had to be laying there for hours. So it's like, what? What do you mean you have to admit me? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be here. And it's the same hospital I was for stem cell, except I was on the eighth floor or no, the ninth floor doing this whole heart thing. And when I was there for stem cell, I was on the eighth floor, which Carmanos leases out. And then they moved me to the 10th floor. So I've done eight, nine, 10 now. Look at you making oh the whole rounds. So 
so I didn't know that when I went back there that he wasn't aware Mm-mm. that they were going to keep him. I knew nothing. The nurse wasn't really, I thought I interpreted that she wasn't pleased with me, but now I've come to recognize that I think she wasn't happy with the doctor and the way that Chuck right. was, had been, she that was the whole really ordeal cool. had, had gone down. She was great with me. So, I mean, we were talking, we chatted a bit and did whatever, and she was real nice and she loved me because I'm such a good patient anyway. Oh my gosh. And Actually, he complain. is a really good place. I don't he complain. Really and do you need anything? No, no. But no. that's the problem is he doesn't complain. So if he's not, in, if he's in pain, he doesn't say anything. And I have to be the <laughs> complainer. And so they're like, we're going to get you some Norcos. And he's like, okay, well, Norcos don't, don't work. They don't work for me. But he doesn't say that. He's no. like, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking like, anything's going to help right now, but no, Norcos do nothing to me. So I'm like, that doesn't work. So she's looking at me like I'm a druggie. Like I know the <laughs> list of, you know, narcotics he can take. And he got Tylenol, Tylenol want, coating. I said, well, I want some Tylenol coating. I, that usually kind of works with me. Demerol doesn't work. Vicodins usually don't work. I mean, this is just what it is. So I'm really glad. I'm not glad that you were admitted, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you were admitted because I would have. I wouldn't have slept that whole night at all because I would have been worried you were going to have a stroke or you're right. bleeding out or what have you. And they had stitched you. Right. On and, one side. But I was pissed because they didn't give him a private room. Right. Now that sounds high maintenance, but he's immune I haven't had my 100 days yet, so I'm not supposed to be around anybody, really go anywhere except for doctor's appointments. So here he is with this guy in the room that's hacking and coughing (laughs) and not wearing a mask. I'm going to, oh my God. And watching Lassie all night long, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next morning, the doctor said, how do you sleep? Oh, real good. He didn't sleep at all. He watched TV (laughs) all night. Who's kidding who? Loud, too. So So he got out the next afternoon. But I fell asleep was about 11 and I woke up at three and I had been awake the whole rest yeah. of the day. Yeah. We went to bed at like eight that day. The so, next yeah, night. I, I was in pain. They said I could move my right leg at four. I think it was something like that. I couldn't move my left leg, like bend it or anything until six thirty. Well, that was the other thing is they wouldn't and they still haven't been on the up and up with what happened. Now I realize that things happen, right? Like right. I get it. Like we're not like looking to call Sam, you know, we're not looking to call a no, lawyer. No lawyer, nothing like that. We're, it's just like, be honest what, what with wrong? me, right? The main doctor avoided me at all costs, saw me and would walk the other way. Nobody would tell me what had gone on. And it, obviously it wasn't until I talked to, I called the stem cell team that night and I talked to them and they looked in the chart and they're like, oh, they nicked an artery. Now nicked it wasn't like artery. the main heart artery. But it was an artery. It was an artery. So that's what's squirting. So he's still with. bleeding. Yeah. So we're several days out. So that goes on and they said, okay, you can walk. And I'm afraid to walk. I, I don't even look down to what they did. I don't see anything. All <laughs> I know is it hurts and I'm not moving. So I'm worried he's not walking. I'm at home by this time because they didn't think that you were going to get a room until like midnight. And it was so like they 630 sent me by the time they finally found a room. So that was still like two and a half mm-hmm. hours. They said it could be midnight. So they sent me home. So in the meantime, I'm calling up there and I'm like, is he walking? And they're like, oh, we're going to get him to walk. I'd call again. Is he walking? Oh, we're going to get him to walk. So he hasn't walked since six in the morning. So I, I called the nurse and I said, if you're not letting him walk, because they're like, he's afraid to walk. If you're not letting him walk, 
then he needs a a blood clot, a thinner. And he needs like heparin. And she goes to me, what medical school did you go to? (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Google, hello. Dr. Christie, WebMD. No, I have just, I've just taken care of so many. I've taken care of so many people. Not really. My mom, my dad, you. Um, Connor, Connor, my son's got a clotting disorder. So, I mean, that's enough. So I'm understand, I understand clotting stuff. And so I was pissed. And the next morning I go, oh, it looks like you have heparin in your IV. I said, thank you to your wife. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I do. They had to came, came in because I had an IV, obviously, and they gave me this thing. And okay, whatever. I'm, and I'm just told him whatever. You just give me. He didn't care. He's like, but I they were, they did keep asking if you wanted something for pain. And you're like, no, I'm fine. Well, I had told him, I said, yeah, I need another before I went to sleep that night, on a Friday night or Monday night, I'm sorry. Um, another Tylenol with codeine. Yeah. I said, well, give me one of those. And that's the last pain pill that they gave me. So, yeah, I was in pain. I never looked uh, hurt. I wasn't about to move. I wasn't oh my about gosh. to walk. He is so bruised. He looks like he's been in a car wreck. It's not pretty. It's really no. not pretty. So Poor thing. I happened? have. Have you ever woken up in a surgery before? No. Have you ever? Like, that was just a twilight. So, it right. wasn't like you were necessarily under, like, total anesthesia. I had an operation once, and I woke up, and I was, like, in recovery. And I had two nurses down at my feet talking to each other. And I looked at them and said, oh, and I threw my head back and fell back asleep. That's the only time I've ever like woken up from it. And it was obviously already over, but. I woke up. I had a foot, a toe surgery. I won't get too descript, but I had a toe surgery where they were going to have to put a pin in and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was under, I guess, a twilight. Yeah. And, but I was like knocked out, like twice, like mm-hmm. oxygen over my face. I woke up in the middle of, like, in right when they cut me in the middle of it, screamed. And I, they're like, but can you feel it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they just gave me another local. They didn't put me back out. And I went through that whole surgery. And I was petrified of surgeries after that or procedures after that because. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to go under. So right. there's something with our chemistries mm-hmm. about like I'm a strawberry blonde mm-hmm. and something to do with the genetics of like a redhead or if you have red in your genetics yeah. that you feel pain more. I'm pretty good with pain though, but that you feel pain more or that you need more anesthesia. Hmm. And so maybe... When you got your new stem cells, they look like strawberry jam. I don't know. It's possible. Who knows anything? I don't know. I, I just wonder if it just kind of shifted something. I know years ago when I had my vasectomy, I didn't have to be put under or anything, but it numbed me up. And it didn't numb me up, so I could feel everything they were doing. Or the doctor was doing them. But I think we already talked about that once before. Oh, my god! And gosh. that was awful. And it's like, can you feel that? And I said, yeah. yeah. And he said, you want me to give you another shot? And it's like, no, just finish what you're doing. Get it over with. So, yeah, funny I, stuff. Yeah, that's not funny at all. No. Like, there's people who have woken up, like, out of 
like major surgeries. Like when they do brain surgeries, you have to stay. You have to be awake. Isn't that creepy? Oh, I don't like, even think of it. Or, or like when you get LASIK on your eyes or something, you're awake. Yeah. I know they numb you and do something, but Still, I don't think it so. It gives me the creeps. It's not happening with me. I just, this isn't even what I wanted to talk about this week. But, <laughs> and that's not what you folks wanted to hear about this week. But this has been, yeah. It's been fun. So, yeah, 2021 is just a continuation of continuation, 2020. It is. It is. But I'll get better. It just takes time. Oh, my gosh. And then I had every strange person coming up to me in the hospital that I didn't want to come up. One that was, like, confessing another coup. <laughs> So I was like, la, 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 I don't want to hear any of this. He was like one of those preppers. Like, right. you got water, you got food, you got gasoline, you got, which, by the way, we got to get gas for the car. Okay. We got, do you got ammo? Do you have ammo? Plenty of ammo. I'm like, yep, we're good. We're so good. And then I had a security officer that I actually sat down and talked to about her bills. And we got her figured out on how she was going to afford an apartment. Wonderful. She was thrilled. I'm laying there in pain and you're giving financial advice. I am giving news. financial advice. I am not the one to give financial advice. No, she's not. I do pretty good though. Yeah. But yeah, no. I uh it was not fun for me either. No, it wasn't fun for anybody. No. So we're tired of it. Tired. Tired. And then on the way home from taking picking him up. <laughs> He decided that he really needed White Castles. I want a White Castles because she had stopped there on her way home the day before while I'm spending the night in the hospital. Nothing to eat, nothing to drink except for a cup of water. They offered you food. Yeah, but I'd already been there. We already went on that train before. I didn't eat. I couldn't get up. I didn't want to pee. I I, Where no. were you? You were gone for 10 hours. No, I I'd had that food and... No, I'm not doing it again. And I said, <laughs> no, I'm going to, first of all, I'm in pain. The last thing I want to do is eat. And no, I wasn't, I didn't want their food. Now in the morning they came, they gave me a breakfast, even though I didn't order or anything. And they had like a little fruit cocktail thing. So I, I eat the little cup of that. That's the only thing that I had to eat. So I went good. to White Castle and I got two hamburgers minus pickle. On the way home on, on Monday. On the way home, ate with French fries. So. And I noticed that they had sloppy joes. So now I didn't get one because I knew Chuck loves sloppy joes. Yeah, I do. And I felt guilty. I only ate one of my hamburgers and I just I was just so upset. I was just upset. So, so. we go to White Castle on the way home on Tuesday. The and they're day, out. And they say, Oh, we don't have any sloppy joes. So then we have to find another White Castle on the way home. And that was like about an hour wait in the drive-through because of COVID, nothing's open, just drive-throughs. Now you have to admit, I was very patient, even yeah, though I had to pee. Yeah, usually, yeah, usually she'd be nagging at me. If it was me driving, because she had to drive, I can't drive now because of the legs. So if it was me driving, she would have been, you know, just get up, got on, so we're going home. But no, she was a trooper. <laughs> I was. So we finally got up there, paid for the meal. I got almost lost sloppy, you again. <laughs> got some sloppy joes. I got a few hamburgers, which I didn't eat nope. because I it, just smelling them was like, oh, God, no. Nope. So <laughs> we get through the drive through <laughs> 10 cars behind us. There was at least 10 in front of us. Oh. And it's like, oh, they forgot the cheeseburgers. So we had to go back in line, go back around again. And she still has to pee. Yeah. We finally got the right order after waiting. Uh, probably another half an hour. Got home. I think I ate maybe four 
Sloppy Joes all together, and that was about it. I had one, and I didn't like them, and that's all I ate. I did like them, though. They weren't bad. I did not. I asked my dad. He said that they were okay. Your so, dad always says that about everything, though. But I did not like them. He's never happy. And so, for two days, I starved. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so it was not. So it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. I'm working on a book. She's I've working been on working book. on a book that I try to get out of writing, not because I didn't want to write it, but because I just couldn't feel creative enough. Getting to. burnt out. I was just, I'm just burned out. I once had a friend of mine who was a writer tell me to be careful about being burned out. I'm like, I got so many ideas. What are you talking about? And then I like put one to two books out a year for like seven years. And I went, I'm kind of burned out. So... I've had to work on that. So that's what she's doing now. That should be. I should be able to hit send on Monday, I think. So I'm excited about that. That'll be something off my plate. So all your readers out there be looking for Christy's new book. Yeah, there's no title for it yet. Because just so you know, we don't get to title our own books. Wow. I can give them ideas for a vision of what I want. Mm. And I know what I want. I actually have two titles this time. That I love. Normally I have one. Don't give them out now. I'm, no, I'm not giving them out. And I like mind, like sent, please choose my title. Choose and I think that they've chosen all of my titles. You're so good. But this one I'm not really like, I have two that I'd be okay if they chose. Mm. So I don't know. I even have, I, I have a vision for what the cover is going to look like. There that also I have no choice in. I have no choice in the font. I have no choice in the cover. It's just a sad state. It of really fears. is. It's like it's like you birth the child and you give they it to a stranger. And, and they name him. That's what they did with my grandfather, the midwives, when he was born in 1900. They named him Basil Cyrus. Oh my! Did, That's I what don't you get. think I knew that. Yes, the midwives named. Why didn't his mother? I have no idea. Did she die? She and died when he was, I don't think so, but she died young uh, and his sister more or less raised him. Well, that's sad. So yeah, Basil Cyrus, I guess because Basil Rathbone was probably a silent film star or something. I, I like both of those names though. Yeah, me too, but nobody names their kids Cyrus or we, Basil. So. We recently, yeah, they do. He Cyrus a, is kind of a, he was a farm boy from Missouri. So an up and coming yeah. type of a, uh, and they called him Bob, man. Robert or Bob. I know. Well, Robert, Robin, that, you know, that's why yeah. they call me Robbie. Yeah. It's the Charles Jr. Yeah. Because side note, <laughs> it wasn't until like, it was like six months ago that I found out that Chuck was actually a junior. Yeah. And he's got this on none of his documents that Nothing. he's a junior. Nothing. My father spells Robinette his last name with an E at the end. But he didn't do I that don't. when you were when nope. you were born. He nope. did not. Therefore, making him a senior and you a junior. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> now, based on my grandfather, he didn't use the E at the last name. His brothers did. I don't know. It's just a crazy world. I guess we just choose what we want to do. Had, we just go on with it. I had someone yesterday. I booked an appointment and I told her my name and I spelt Robinette and I go R O B I N E T T. I emphasize the T. Yeah. And she repeated it back and she goes, There's an E at the end, right? Well, the bad you know. part is you say T and oh, T's true. got to spell it phonetically T. would be T E E. Like do, a T. 
And they go, T. T. Yeah, how do you do it? I don't know. R-O-B-I-N-I-T-T. No E. No E. I have said no E. Crazy. I know. I have done that. But my kid's last name, I won't say what it is, but it was a very, it was a four-letter name, last name. Yeah. Very easy. And they still and they pronounce it And they screwed it up. Yeah. So. They screwed it up. And I never understood. And they screwed it up so that the last name could sound like a first name if they it was a screwed up name. So they always messed up because Connor's name could have been a last name. So they messed up his name all yeah. the time and they called him by his last name. Oh, anyway, you're confusing people. Okay, we got it. <laughs> Not confusing. So on that note, Chuck's alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. He didn't have to have a blood transfusion like they thought he was going to have to. Yeah, which I don't know could have happened with stem cell or not anyway. So I wasn't Yeah, because they could have given you blood during stem cell too. So. I just don't know. But yay, you're here. Yay. And it's fixed. <laughs> my heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. My, they gave me the EKG and all that and it was fine. So that is one thing. So I thing. don't have a flutter anymore. So Chuck's not a flutter and he has a heart. Yeah, but I can't walk because my groin hurts so Or bad. drive. Or drive. Climb. Climb trees. <laughs> Lift go, anything. Go do anything. <laughs> can't do anything. Yeah. Can't even sit in a tub. You know, we've been wanting to ice skate for yeah, so long. So long, please. Oh, no, you can't sit in a tub. No, they said three days. You're okay to sit in a tub. Now. I'm not sitting in any tub. No, you're still bleeding. There's no way. So anyway. Yeah. And I have to do wound care. I'm just letting you know. It's all good. <laughs> Nurse this, Christie's this on a job. This is what you do for love. This is what you do. I love you, honey. Love you too, honey. So next week. <laughs> next week. We're going to talk about something nice and fun and, you know, not like superstitions and no. all our ailments. And I have got a great topic for next week. Okay. It's inauguration week though next week, so oh, hopefully great. the so World War Three doesn't hopefully start. Hopefully that doesn't happen because I got a really great topic for next week. Great, I can't wait. You already know what it is. I told you. Yeah, but I don't remember. I don't. It's listen. about the mob. The mob. We're gonna talk about the mob. Shh. This is Christy. This is Chuck. Thanks for listening to the Robinette's Nest. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Robinette's Nest with Chuck and Christy Robinette. Be sure to subscribe and tune in for the next episode.